Seamus, The Case of the Missing Maid, Part 4, Hidden Coffee, is based on the book The Leavenworth Case by Anna Catherine Green. Sylvester, the skinny prep cook, leads me just under the seaside mezzanine. The mezzanine sprawls over the ostentatious grand hall where Dawson gave me his version of the lowdown. We walk past a drawing room and then a formal dining room. Just under where the mezzanine curves toward the grand staircase is a smaller stairway that I assume leads residents to the dining room without having to pass through the great hall. The corridor narrows and we enter the pantry through a double swinging door. It is lined with cupboards and long sideboards on both sides. It's equipped with various gadgets one might use to serve a meal. As promised, the tea kettle waits. Sylvester starts the heat under the kettle, clumsily sets up a cup and saucer, and lifts the singing kettle to decant a portion of tea into a china teapot. Um, I should have asked, do you prefer a mug? Actually, I would prefer coffee. Yes, a a mug. You don't have any coffee around, do you? No, this is the home of a tea magnate. A mug should be here somewhere. I'm not qualified to serve food, so I'm not sure where they keep things here. Great, no coffee. And now it's a production. The kid's fumbling around like it's his first time, and it's in the back of a cooper. Uh, don't go to any trouble. Sylvester, stop. How about a bottle of water? Sylvester brightens up. I could see he was back on familiar ground. Oh, I know where there's water. It's no trouble, none at all. There's a fridge in the kitchen. The kid was making me nervous. It's nice that he's calmer now. Follow me, Mr. James, right this way. The delicate teacup and saucer remain unused on the sideboard. This is where everything happens. The kitchen is spotless, fully equipped, large enough to handle any sized event. Several people were moving around performing a variety of tasks. Before I can take it all in, a woman looks up from a computer screen and quickly moves to receive us. She stops before me and gives me the once-over twice. Chef, this is Mr. Hunter James. Mr. James... I'm Chef Knight. Please call me Donna. I'm so happy you agreed to see me. I wasn't sure you'd take the case, but thank you. Connor said you are, um, totes legit. I'm just worried sick. I've been looking at the food order for hours, and I fear we won't have a crumb to eat if I don't settle down. The chef's hair, black streaked with gray, was pulled tight under a white toque. She wore a double-breasted jacket with black buttons and houndstooth pants. She had a simple apron tied round her waist. Her sleeves rolled back from the cuffs. She didn't look like one of those television chefs. She looked like my grandmother. Her face carried red overtones like she'd just pulled a sheet of freshly baked cookies from the oven. Kitchen smelled like heaven. Her smile was honestly friendly. Apart from the fact that we're out of maids and a prep cook doing security service... Sylvester, don't think for a minute I didn't hear you rustling around in the pantry. There's been a murder. Well, death. Mr. Dawson has been given strict instructions not to say murder. The silly fuss budget. No one seems to be paying much attention to the fact Hannah may also be a victim. I'll have to take credit for Sylvester's behavior in the pantry. He was looking for a mug for me. Thank you, Mr. James. Sylvester, there are apples over there you need to deal with and greens to pick through. Hop to it. Yes, Chef. Right away, Chef. Sylvester did hop to it. Donna tilted her head. Her eyes twinkled. 
That is very kind of you. Sylvester isn't a formally trained cook, but has potential and learns quickly. Because he is the low man, most people let him take the blame. I admit, sometimes it is no use covering for Sylvester, but he means well. Now, Mr. James, tell me, will you take the case? Albert, mind the stock. Don't let it cool too quickly. Jen, start the rolls going. Sylvester, make sure the greens aren't tough. They tried to slip in some old ones in the last order. Yes, chef. Yes, Yes, chef. Donna turned to meet smiling. She didn't watch to see if they were following her orders. They were. This chef is an impressive woman. I'm sure you would like to see her quarters. The police have been through it. But you might pick up on something they missed. Yes. First, however, I would like to talk with you. Follow me, Mr. James. We'll be more comfortable in the service pantry. Do you want anything to drink? A coffee would be good. With chicory? Her eyes narrowed. I may have overstepped. It seems I must invite you to my office. Do you have any objections? Not if you have coffee. With chicory? She turns and glides away. I follow. She leads me into a large, cluttered office area, a few feet down a narrow passage, and through a frosted glass-paned door marked Private. She motions me to sit on a large leather sofa, perpendicular to an antique oak desk. Behind and to the left of the desk is a fire door with an OSHA standard exit sign over it. A small, low chair was positioned in front, and she moved some books aside to reveal a hidden panel. Behind the panel are a coffee pot and several jars. She held up a smaller jar and wiggled it in the air. Chicory. In short order, I hold a mug of steaming coffee with chicory in my hands. I think I'm in love. So, what makes you think the maid... Hannah. Hannah. Maybe the second victim and not the murderer? Mr. Gonzalez liked Hannah. She was really good at her job. Hardworking and focused. Mr. Gonzalez wanted her to take on the role that Rachel fills now in running the household when Ms. Rachel eventually leaves or gets married. He had made plans for Hannah to attend a school in Alabama, offering training in the hospitality industry. Dawson made it clear the cops didn't suspect the maid, so why would she take it on the lamb? Bah, Dawson, if I were you, I would go straight to the police to find out what they are thinking. It's my opinion they consider her a suspect. You said two maids were missing? We've had two maids since the girls have gotten older and can care for themselves. Mr. Gonzalez felt it unnecessary to keep on a large staff. Our other maid, Suzanne, found the body. She was shaken up and in shock and just couldn't calm down. Ms. Rachel sent her to her mother's for a few days. Now, did she know anything about Hannah's disappearance? No, she came to see me after being questioned by that awful detective. Mookie or something like that. She was nearly hysterical. That prick Dawson wanted her to reset all the rooms after the police left. Miss Rachel wouldn't have any of it. She told Dawson they would get in a cleaning service when the police allowed it. Was that unusual? Did Miss Rachel argue with Dawson often? Not publicly. I always had the feeling that Miss Rachel didn't care for Dawson. At what point did you suspect that Hannah was missing? 
I sent Sylvester to fetch her. And when he didn't find her in a room, I put two and two together. I take it you have not heard from her since? Not a peep. How did you find out about the murder? At first, I just heard the sirens. When I poked my head out, a policeman waved me off. I waited a long time. And then Miss Rachel came into the kitchen and told us that Suzanne had discovered the body. She asked that we put out rolls and cold breakfast sundries for the family and police officers. Can you remember anything Miss Rachel or Suzanne may have said about the crime scene? I needed something to start getting my bearings. Suzanne was sent to the kitchen for me to care for until the car came to take her to her mother's. Miss Rachel packed her bags. When she went into her room to straighten it, she noticed a hole in the back of Mr. Gonzalez's high back leather chair. When she approached to find out what it was, she found him slumped forward over his open paperwork, shot straight through the head. I heard a commotion. I thought Sylvester had just knocked something over. Then the sirens arrived. Soon after the police left, Dawson called the staff together, supposedly to deliver the news. We all knew what he wanted to tell us, and he did so very specifically, was to speak nothing of it, not to speak to anyone, especially the press, without first getting his permission. Have the rooms been reset? No. I'd like to see Hannah's room and Gonzalez's office. And I would like to go back to something you said earlier. You talked about Mr. Gonzalez arranging to send Hannah to a school so she could take over running the household after Miss Rachel left. Why in Alabama? I think there's some pretty good hospitality schools here in Florida. Mrs. Gonzalez was an accomplished horsewoman. She even managed to qualify for an equestrian event at the Olympics one year. Mr. Gonzalez was proud of her abilities and purchased a ranch in Alabama to house her horses. He kept it after her death and travels there often. The maids traveled with the family to attend the girls. There is a school offering a certificate in hospitality close to the ranch. The family traveled to the ranch together. Yes, well, most of the time, Miss Rachel takes after her aunt and rides like she was born to it. She's often at the ranch without the rest of the family. And Miss Unity? Miss Unity doesn't like the way the ranch smells. If she could beg off, she would. Mr. Gonzalez often insisted she come. After she got older, she would just stay at the local bed and breakfast in the community. So this is an area that was known to Hannah? Yes. I like these little glimpses into your mind, Mr. James. It's fascinating. My pal Wings says if he had a chance to travel through my mind, he'd want to be sure he booked a round-trip ticket. Wings sounds like a good friend. Did you like the coffee? Yes. What about that tour of the maid's quarters? I'd like to see more of the grounds, if that's possible. Certainly. I'd be happy to. All staff has rooms on the estate, even the security staff during their rotations. Donna leads the way, and I follow. Thank you for listening to Seamus. If you liked this episode of Seamus... Please leave a review and tell your friends. Seamus, The Case of the Missing Maid, Part 4, Hidden Coffee, is based on the book The Leavenworth Case by Anna Catherine Green. Hunter James was played by Sheldon Bird. Sylvester was played by Matthew Greff. Donna Knight was played by Julie Poulin. I'm Leslie Woodroff.
This episode of Seamus was written by Max Rees and directed by Gene Phillips. Sound design for Seamus is provided by OpenMicRecordingStudio.com. Seamus is a New Meadows Media production. All rights reserved.